Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. We thank you, Lord, to bless us. Touch our ears, our hearts, our minds that we would focus totally on you today and on what your spirit is telling us. So we honor you, Lord, and we love you in Jesus name. Amen and praise God. I just want to remind you or tell you about the special for today. Chuck, where's my book? Huh? Chuck, you got to be awake to find out what's going on in church. Come on now. It's Pastor Shirley's book with the lion on the front, okay? You don't even have to read. Whatever. Praise God. Now, we just figured it out earlier this morning, which I was looking for Chuck. I promise you, I didn't see her. But in the meantime, we we will mention our radio broadcast. Praise God. I'm not getting more posters made. But, you know, I may have to if they keep adding days for us. So, amen. It's KDAYLive.com. Mondays at 9, Wednesdays at 9, and Sundays at 9 a.m. So Wednesday, 9 p.m. As for you late risers, Sunday and Monday, 9 a.m. For you early risers, amen. And uh, so we're all good with that. So praise God. And our special, our book special this month. She get back with the book yet? See if you can grab that book for me, Nikki. You might move a little bit faster. <laughs> I think it's called Awake and Take Out Strength. I do want to show it to people so they'll know. And uh, how much is it, Alicia? Yeah, $10. So $13 will get you that and your devotional. So I promise to have that book to show you at the end of the the uh, teaching but we're going to move on with the word for right now so we're going to continue talking about prophetic intercession and this is the type amen this is a type of intercession you know there's some people who are not i guess you would say don't understand the movements of the holy spirit this is why we teach and many times people don't understand uh, the movements of the spirit that the Holy Ghost will will uh, move you to do when you pray. Uh, but you'll find that there's great benefit uh, to praying that way or dem- in some way demonstrating what God wants to do. And this is very, very important for us. You find it? <laughs> this is very, very important for us so that we will be able to uh, allow God to do the things that that he needs to do with us when we pray so when you pray you give your your total being over to god you give your spirit soul mind and body over to the lord uh, when you intercede so we don't restrict people in their movements when we pray uh, we don't have a standard you know position uh, that you utilize when you pray. I know there's some people that like kneeling. I'm not able to do that. <laughs> you know, probably too much. It's, it's tiresome when you gotta pray for hours, you know, or, or more than 30 minutes or so. You need to get in a position and I'm, I'm a witness that God hears you either way. You understand what I'm saying? So 
I mean, this is a good thing about the Lord. He wants us to use our faith. He wants to hear from us. And he's really not a stickler unless we're doing it with, with a bad attitude or anything like that. And if you're, you enter God's throne room, your attitude is right. I mean, it's always right. And so once we understand that and we know what God's doing, uh, then we can move more freely into the realm of intercession. You know, I always tell people, don't try to make a doctrine out of uh, a movement that God has you perform when you're praying. You know, just allow him to use you and allow him and don't try to get into the realm where you keep repeating the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, you know, unless it has some significance to you, you feel moved or led to do it, uh, you know, uh, at different times. There are some operations that we repeat uh, that are very powerful in the spirit and that that emphasize what we're saying and emphasize uh, whatever attitude it is we have about how we're praying. And so once we understand that and we know that, then we can can move more readily into the realm of being uh, used and in, in, in letting God demonstrate what he's uh you know, declaring what he's showing the enemy, how he's showing the enemy, uh, we can be used by him. And you'll see uh, prophetic intercession quite a bit in the Bible, especially under the old covenant, where there's more detail, more data, more information for us to go by. You'll see people being used prophetically uh, more uh, in that dispensation. Because it was a dispensation where people had to see something, they had to experience something, they had to put themselves kind of in the in the place of, of where God wanted the intercession to take place so they could see results. So last week we talked about the um, Moses and Aaron and her uh, during the battle of, let me see, was the Amalek, the Amalekites uh, came and attacked them. And we saw prophetic intercession when Moses raised his hand, they prevailed. When his hands went down, they didn't prevail. The enemy prevailed on them. And so we see a prophetic move that you you see where uh, Moses lifting hands is inviting God in. Amen. Putting hands down was keeping God out. So you want to keep God in the situation as much as possible so that you will have success. And so they found that Moses' hands were heavy as he lifted them. So he had Aaron and her and they had him sit down on a rock. They got him comfortable as he interceded for them before God because Moses was the one who was anointed. He was anointed uh, as a prophet before God, as a priest, and also as an intercessor for the people. Same anointings we have. We have priests, we have, uh, um, and prophetically, we're prophets as we declare the word. We prophesy, amen. And, and priests because we are, we minister. We, we can go to the throne and seek God on behalf of whoever, yourself, your city, your, your church, your country, your pastors, your friends, your enemies, whoever. You can just seek God on their behalf. So we are a priesthood. We are a royal priesthood, which means we are king and priest all in one under Jesus. Amen. You don't have any authority 
that he doesn't delegate to you. And so as kings, we have lordship back down here on earth. You know, we were always lords over the earth until uh, Satan came in and he injected himself into the situation. And then God had to tone it back. But now he's releasing us again to do his will. And, and intercession is a big part of that. You know, people sometimes say, well, uh, you know, uh, intercession, that's the foundation of your ministry. I, I beg to differ. I think it is your ministry, you know, because you, you must have the ministry of intercession before you can enter into anything else, before you can receive anything from God. Inter- intercession is a ministry in itself. And so, and we know that anybody can pray. Everybody's been anointed as a priest. If you're born again, you have that anointing to intercede amen god showed the disciples that when he was raised from the dead when he met the disciples uh after he was resurrected he said he breathed on them and said receive ye the holy spirit so they received an impartation of the holy ghost for one specific reason he said whoever sends you forgive they are free that's a, a priesthood ministry right there that's the priesthood so whosoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven them. Whoever sins you retain, they are retained. And so you're able to forgive sins. You're able to witness to people. You're able to pray the prayer of salvation with them. You're able to do so much just on that one impartation. So anybody who's born again can tell their story. Amen. You can you can declare what God has done for you. Now the signs follow, signs that follow those who believe, the, the, the more powerful signs will follow those who pray in the spirit, have been baptized in the spirit. So you need an, another augmentation of that same Holy Spirit. You need him to come into you is what we call the gift of the spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit means that you're covered inside and out the uh 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 born again experience you are only uh inside the holy spirit indwells you but you don't have that total immersion in the spirit that you get with the baptism when you pray in tongues and so that gives a different empowerment to you and we know historically there have been people that that uh, had healing ministries but weren't praying in tongues. Uh, John Dowie was one person. He's what they call kind of like an enigma. Nobody can quite figure it out. <laughs> but he had great faith for healing, but he denied the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You just, you know, how do you how do you get there like that? But that just shows you that people can choose to believe what they want to believe and not what they don't want to believe. And, you know, God will look at who's who's standing before you who needs help and decide to use you. See, that's God's sovereign. Uh, he And he doesn't have to follow our rules to be able to, to do those things. But that man had a tremendous healing ministry. And uh, but he never prayed in tongues. He didn't believe in it. He didn't believe it was necessary, all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, you just don't don't understand these things. But but you know that you want to have the full empowerment of the Holy Spirit because you want the power of God. If nothing else, praying in tongues keeps you in the love of God. It softens your heart. It it changes you. It it edifies your spirit, makes your spirit stronger 
to the ways of God. And we all need that. You know, nobody can say they don't need more of God. And and so this is how we receive it is through the gift of tongues and praying in the Holy Spirit. And so um, so when when the disciples received that, that was their priesthood ministry and that priesthood increased after they uh, they sat in one accord in one place. And they were were baptized in the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, cloven tongues of fire sat upon them, and they were baptized in the Holy Ghost and in fire. They were totally overwhelmed with it. Amen. The fire of God is what allows us to be transformed, to be uh, totally changed over from carnal to spiritual. That fire is necessary. For us to have that that uh, total transformation inside and outside. And also it gives you the boldness and confidence for witnessing and stepping out and doing miracles. Amen. And so all of this is necessary. Never try to figure out how you can get more out of God and do less. You know, I mean, just people just they'll cheat on anything you know what i'm saying so we we got to understand that whatever god provides for you that's provision for you he knows what he's doing and and we need to receive everything that god has for us and more amen and try to try to get more than what he's ordained for you if you can i don't know how you can do that but say god i'm here again just bless me give me something i want something i need something you know uh just just be that kind of person that never gets enough of god and and you'll always have more than enough and so god um in this um uh um so we talked last time about moses aaron and her and the prophetic uh move was his holding his arms up so that israel could prevail now, how did he know that? He knew that by God speaking to him, leading him, by the unction of the Holy Spirit. We know they didn't have the same empowerment of the Holy Spirit that we have now. We don't know how that worked. We just know it worked. Amen. And they got results with it. And so in, in the difference, I think, sometimes is the inner transformation. Being born again gives you an inner transformation where the Holy Spirit works on you 24-7. You know, as long as you feed the, yourself the word, the Holy Spirit takes it and, and transforms you with it. You start to conform more to the image of Christ. You start to conform more to his word. And you start to understand more and think more like God, to be more like God. You're not so impulsive. You're not so quick to to run in fear the first time the enemy shows up. You know, you start to get strengthened, uh, you know, with might in your inner man. And so it's a good transformation. You spend time meditating on the word and, you know, let God know, God, I want to get this. I want to be changed. I got to get this. I don't want to be the same old, same old. And God will accommodate you. He has many things for us to, to receive from him. And so you have to, you have to pursue it. You have to want it. And you have to want it more than anything. And, and God will certainly accommodate you. So when we talk about prophetic intercession, then we see that there are some maneuvers that God will move us to do, some movements, some activities that he will cause us to do that have consequences in the realm of the spirit they have meaning 
in the realm of the spirit. They begin to articulate the will of God in the realm of the spirit. And so many times we will do things or say things and we're not quite sure why we did or say it. You ever been like that when you begin to pray? You know, it will come on you. Uh, I know sometimes, and, and uh, most of you have experienced this, there are times when you pray in tongues and it'll, you know, we all tend to have the same routine prayer language. But there may be times where it will flip over and change on you when you're praying in the spirit. Amen. Or it will get louder or it will get more forceful. Those kinds of things. Those are prophetic maneuvers. Now, we don't know what they mean. We just know we felt the unction in we we released ourselves to it and it flowed like that. And you stay with it until God pulls you back out of it. Or, you know, you, you're finished with your prayer. So that, those are prophetic um, uh, moves in the spirit. They you you're probably emphasizing something more than than you were before that language changed. And so there's there are things that God wants us to experience and has to have us experience as we release ourselves more to the control of the Holy Spirit. And so that's just one example. Another example we'll, we'll go through, uh, in the word. I'm trying to think which way I want to go first. I think I'll go on to fasting because fasting is a pro- type of prophetic intercession. You know, don't put it just as fasting like it's some separate different, you know, I fast and I pray. Fasting is prayer. It's a prophetic intercession. And, and I'll give you an understanding why. When we fast, we are afflicting our souls. Amen. So what you are saying in your activity of fasting without telling God, what you are saying to God is, God, I am sacrificing myself in the flesh so that my spirit can be more yielded to you. That's what you do when you fast. You're seeking a more yieldedness to God. You're seeking uh, not just stuff and not things, not anything in particular, but you're really seeking more of God. You want to be stronger in your spirit. You want to. This is not just to quit eating for the sake of not eating or this is not a weight loss program. You know, and please don't. I know people have said things like that. Well, you know, and then and the, the another ad, uh, another benefit to fasting is you lose weight. Well, I know people who fast a lot and don't lose nothing. Or they might lose it and then put it back on. You know, um, Mahesh Shabda. Anybody know him? He's a very, very portly guy. He's, you know, maybe 300 pounds or so. I know he's high up in the twos. That man will go on a 40-day fast, not eat anything, go off somewhere and pray for people. Everybody get healed, come back home. And we don't know what he does, <laughs> but he's eating. You understand what I'm saying? So really, he's he has dedicated it to him himself for that reason and that reason only. And I think if you can keep your fasting on the level of, of your after spiritual growth and spiritual empowerment and keep the other stuff out of there, you'll be fine. But you try to mix it with something that that God does not intend for you. I mean, it's good to lose weight. 
But there's all kinds of ways to do that where where you don't have to combine it with something spiritual that you're doing, you know, for God. Weight loss a lot of times is just for vain purposes. You know, I mean, there are a lot of people. Look at all the people that get in trouble with their weight because they're trying to look good. They're trying to look thin. They're trying to look this or look that. And they get in trouble. They run into a demon somewhere that they can't shake. And then pretty soon they can't eat anymore and they got to go into therapy. So, you know, that stuff gets out of hand and, you know, anything will get out of hand. So you got to keep your purpose pure when you're dealing with God. You got to, you know, talk to God about it and say, God, I really feel like if I were to, you know, not eat, uh, you know, until a certain time or if I can fast a meal a week or if I can or ask him, God, I think I can if I add fasting to this. I'm just wanting to be able to get rid of this symptom or get rid of this or be able to pray more effectively for my children. There's, I got kids who are in bondage and I want them out and, you know, just deal with him on it and see what he will do. Amen. There is no real better acceptable fast than another one. You work that out with God. It's to afflict your soul. It's to keep you uh, uh, away from being so engaged in indulging your flesh, in indulging appetite, that you develop now a spiritual appetite. So you'll find that as you bypass your natural appetite, your spiritual appetite will begin to increase. You can pray longer. You can read the word longer. You can meditate on the word longer. And God will grace you and help you to be able to to fast and, and get the result that you're looking for. Please be looking for results. Don't just fast to, to say you're fasting or for no purpose and no reason. Let God know, God, I want to be able either to hear from you, get stronger in you, I, I would like to be anointed to do this. I see in the Bible this is something that uh, you're commanding your ministers to do. I want to be able, I want to, like the song we just heard, amen. I, I want to, uh, you know, I've seen you work through others. That's, that's a good prayer. Anything God is doing through anybody or has done through anybody, he can do through you. And it's good to see those things happen and desire them for yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. The Bible tells us to earnestly covet the best gifts. Amen. To earnestly desire these things. And so when we talk about uh, uh, growing in our spiritual essence and growing in our ourselves, uh, spiritually speaking, it, it's good to remember that when you when you see other people doing things you you want to be able to do those things too especially if they're mandated and i'm not talking about stealing somebody's message or dressing like somebody you see on youtube or you know having an entourage meet you and somebody's taking videos of you coming in and out of church and you strutting around like you're on a red carpet somewhere i'm not talking about that that does not heal anybody that does not help anybody you understand? All it does is draw crazy people to your church and carnal people to your church. And so if that's what you want, fine. But I'm talking about people who really want to serve humanity. You know, when Jesus walked the earth, one of the first things he did, he started healing people. 
He looked and saw all those sick bodies and said, this is this is my work. You know, I don't have to ask God to, to use me to do anything. If I can get all these people healed, I'll be doing fine. And so he began to teach them to give them faith. He begins to preach to them, to stir them up that they could have it now. You need both of them. You understand what I'm saying? And so he, he, when he ran into places where people didn't believe, what did he do? The Bible says he preached and he taught. He preached and he taught. And then people believed and they could be healed. You have to hear with your ears, see with your eyes, understand with your heart, be converted, and then healing comes. So it's a process. And the process comes through hearing. Amen. And hearing the word of God. So you start believing that God wants you well. What am I doing sitting here sick? Let me get up and do something. God wants me well. And then you realize that you're already healed by his stripes. What am I doing looking like this? Devil, get off of me. Amen. See, we're healed. This The devil is trying to get us to accept sickness. That's it. Amen. And so if you'll take it from that approach and start accepting what God says, he says you're healed. Well, what about, I don't know what about, but I know one thing, that's got to go if you keep believing you're healed. You understand what I'm saying? It will leave you. So you keep, it's up to you to keep believing. You know, it, it's faith. It's not magic. Faith is a process sometimes of being faithful to believe God's word and not just try it out. Amen. You know, faith isn't like a pair of shoes where you if you put it on and it's too tight, you get you another pair. You got to wear that. You understand? Well, you can't take it off. You That's yours. Amen. The faith that God gave you belongs to you. And then it's up to you to figure out what to do with it. Amen. You can develop it. You can strengthen it. You can increase it. You can use it. You can not use it. You can do what you want to do with it. But that faith belongs to you. So you don't get to try it. And go look for something else. There is nothing else. Amen. Your faith is is what will get you over in life. And you start using it and you'll realize that. So prophetic intercession. If you go to Luke chapter 4, we'll see what fasting did for Jesus. We know Moses fasted 40 days. (laughs) Moses had a different, different response. And we'll go through what Jesus, what the... What we should get out of the fasting for 40 days. In, in verse two, it says, this is Luke four, verse two, being 40 days tempted of the devil. In those days, he didn't eat anything. When they were ended afterwards, he was hungry. So he was not hungry during the 40 day period. Now, this is something that, you know, you you do what you want to do, but I don't believe God wants to torture us to get us more spiritual. I think there is a grace that comes upon you when you go to God and you you tell him what you need. And, God, I really feel like you're telling me fasting will help and help me to be able to endure the fast. But my suggestion is this. Don't sit up and wish you had a burger while you call yourself fasting. Get in your word. Read your word. 
do the things that you knew you know are going to feed your spirit because really that's the purpose of it to strengthen you spiritually amen and in fasting really for jesus allowed him to be able to empty himself of his humanity because he was a man flesh and blood man we see that in certain places in the word when he was in the garden he asked the father to let this cup pass that was his humanity talking and so he has to empty himself of his humanity we got to do it too folks amen and so what what he did was he he depended on the father to sustain him through the fasting period and allow himself to empty himself of his humanity he always talked to the father they they saw him praying often amen and so he was communing with the father i believe while he was there fasting he was probably talking about his ministry making plans for what he was going to do giving that over to the father listening to the father the same things we would do if we were fasting you talk to god about what 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 do you want me to do lord how am i Oh, how am I going to accomplish this? And what do you want out of me here? And and how is this going to happen? And let me know if I'm on the right road and all of that. And then you worship and then you bless God and then you praise him some more. And then you read some more word and you allow yourself to give yourself, you know, no appointments, no phone calls, you know, put it on silent, turn it over so you can't don't let it vibrate. So you get you know what I'm saying? You get yourself totally away from the distractions of life and allow God to really have your spirit man, have that. And, and generally, if you fast for an extended period of time, you'll find that you you can go longer periods of time without distractions. Now, food is a different thing because you got to keep your body alive. You understand what I'm saying? But the distress see fasting is more than it's denying the flesh but it's also giving your full attention to god and sometimes you'll find it you know you you go on a fast and it's like no television the whole time you'll be fasting and then when you come off the fast you don't even remember what you want to see on tv it's just not interesting to you anymore you understand what i'm saying and so these are the things that you you learn it it's helpful if you can Get yourself more and more in tune. It's about tuning into God. It's not about just, you know, necessarily not doing certain things. You don't do certain things so that you can do certain other things. So you start replacing a lot of that uh, fleshly stuff that you would do, carnality, all that. You start replacing that with uh, what you do for God. Amen. And, And being attentive to the word. And so he says here, he fasted for 40 days. Afterwards, he was hungry. And then the devil shows up. Does not say the devil came before the 40 days were up. Amen. So this is the testing of the enemy when he finds you at a place of weakness. You know, say you say weakness in in your flesh. But he he's got to he'll find out that your spirit is a lot stronger than it was before you came into this situation. See, he's thinking he's going to get a desperate, weak Jesus, you know, 
like the Pharisees and the Sadducees and you know they they go tie one on you know been been waiting all this time anybody grew up catholic or with the traditions of the catholic church remember no meat on friday and you wait until midnight friday night and have a hamburger sitting there in front of you we ain't talking about that amen and that's what the devil used to he's used to the religious form of doing things and stuff he makes up and then he'll get you to binge eat and then you you regret you fasted because look at me i'm binge eating i can't control myself you go through all that stuff but don't let that stop you from fasting and really consecrating yourself to god you're pulling yourself away from the world you're pulling yourself away from the desire of things of the world you're pulling yourself away to where you only desire what god has for you and so the devil came to him uh if you're the son of god amen if you are the son of god now to be honest with you if you look back uh let me see in luke chapter 3 and verse 21 you see um uh um uh, uh jesus is being baptized by john the baptist at first he says john says oh no you need to baptize me i'm not worthy i'm not worthy and jesus said well you know i should do this to fulfill all righteousness and in verse 22 it says the holy ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him and a voice came from heaven that said guess what this is the son of god this is my beloved son in him i am well pleased so god said this god the father said this to break two cousins up from arguing with each other basically you know john and jesus were cousins and so you know it's like no nah, you know I, I used to i'm older than you and i used to you know tell you what to do but no nah, i can't do that no more because god's gonna use you yeah 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 and so they've done this publicly everybody heard them so the father has to intervene to settle the dispute it's family isn't that what family does so god the father says this is my beloved son and i'm pleased in what he's doing well what does the devil do in one chapter over if you the son of god well he told you how much evidence do you need but see the devil will come immediately to challenge you on your identity you if god calls you to ministry and you start praying and you start seeking god you said the first thing the devil do who do you think you are god can't use nobody you (laughs) what you did are you kidding me you think god gonna use somebody like you you ain't been to bible school you don't know enough scripture you know he'll get on any case he can to strip you from your identity and that's what he's after that's how he gets how you think people can can be worshiping god working for god in a church for years and then all of a sudden disappear and go back into the world he's convinced them that that's not what they you don't need that that's not doing you any good you didn't like this stuff anyway look at all them phony them phonies and hypocrites and he'll do anything to tear you away from identifying with where you're supposed to be and he's successful with people because you know if you've been in ministry any length of time you've been in church any length of time you see empty chairs you see full chairs you see a bunch of people running in and it's the place to be and then pretty soon it's halfway empty 
You understand what I'm saying? Because this is how human beings are. We go after God. Many times people go after God because they need something. And you see them disappear when they start getting a good job. They start making good money. You know, they were faithful givers when they made a little bit. Now it's big money. Mm, I don't know if I give them 10% of my big paycheck. You understand what I'm saying? And rather than face the conviction of the Holy Spirit, they just take paycheck and all and go sit at home. Well. Huh? And see, God lets people know he don't need your money. Amen. Because his kingdom keeps going on. I mean, the lack of your little coin coming in there didn't stop the gospel from being preached everywhere. You know, we just still go into all the world and preach the gospel. God will find a more economical way to do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? And and so he's working on some things. While we're thinking we're stopping his show, he's working on some things. Amen? And so that's the way God is. His kingdom is ever increasing, ever increasing. So here we have the devil testing Jesus, tempting him on his identity. He just, he was there and listening too. Come on now. Devil knows stuff. He said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to be bread. And Jesus answering said, it is written, man shall not live by bread. He never tried to prove to the devil who he was. Never. In fact, many times people, he would ask people who they thought who did they think he was? And he would tell them, he said, don't tell anybody else that. Why do you think that was? Well, because his glory was not to be revealed yet. See, they were all good. They all thought he was the son of God. One day, the next day, they didn't know. And at the end of things, nobody thought he was. Hello. They all denied him. They all turned their backs on him. You got me? The re- true revelation of who Jesus Christ was really did not come until he, after he was raised from the dead. Amen? And even then they didn't want to believe. Many of them were told. I saw, I saw him at the tomb and he was walking around and he's raised from the dead. And you know, all these signs were there that he was there. There are people walking the earth now who refuse to believe. There are people you pray for and people you've witnessed to. Well, I don't know about all that. Well, I'm good the way I, I'm good, boo. You understand what I'm saying? They don't want to have anything to do with God. They think they're having a good time in sin. Just totally deceived. Amen. And so Jesus reveals himself, amen, the Father is able to to invite people in and they get a revelation of him. And it usually comes through the word, through preaching. That's why you witness to people, so that God can reveal himself to them. Sometimes witnessing is just sowing seed, and that's good too, sow the seed. Because God will give the increase once it's sown. He can't give the increase until it's sown. But he will give the increase once that seed is sown. And so we have to understand that God's kingdom is ever increasing. He is ever revealing himself to people. Amen. You need a revelation of him. You can't 
understand him by your mind and think you can get saved. The truth about him has to be unveiled to you. And so Jesus wants to unveil himself to everybody, and he will if we will share Christ with them, share the gospel with them, share the good news. And so here we go. He says, if you're the son of God, do this. If you're the son of God, do this. If you're the son of God, do this. Amen. And Jesus never took him up on his offer to prove, and you shouldn't either. You don't waste your time spending to the devil, the devil's people, or anybody else who you are. You don't have to prove to anybody that you're saved, that you're called, that anything. That's not your job. God will reveal who you are to people, and you don't even have to lift a finger to do anything. Amen? That's just true. You know, people will ask you for prayer. And you haven't, Dave, you barely told them you're a Christian. You see, and so these are things that that come by God's order to keep us from trying to do his job. That's his job to reveal himself to people. It's not our job. Our job is to preach the gospel. Just state those things. You can't make people believe. You can't make people pray the prayer. You can't make them repent. You can't make them anything. This whole thing is led and orchestrated by God. And so Satan went away and left Jesus alone. You know, I guess Jesus gave him a headache with all his denials and telling him it is written. Amen. It is written. Everything you need to know to fight the devil is already written. You don't have to come up with anything new. Give him the word. He hates the word. Amen. Because the word doesn't say very nice things about him. So that's why he hates it. And so Jesus went there and he was up to be tempted of the devil. So when we get a call of God, the enemy has the right to to challenge whether we believe God or not. Did you know that? He did it to Jesus. You see it right here. Amen. He didn't do that without God's permission. Remember Job? Be thankful you haven't had to come against anything like that, you know, even though it's 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 not impossible that somebody would lose everything like that. There are people who have lost everything, children, home, spouse. You look at the orphans that are are in the world today, in the drought stricken areas in famine areas in in areas where there's wars all the time. There are orphans there that lost all the family members, things of that nature. So so Satan is a destroyer. He wants to destroy everything and everybody. But but we we have authority over all of his works, folks. We just have to get comfortable using our authority. And the way you get comfortable with that is through prayer, understanding who you are through reading the word, meditating on the word. Like Jesus told Satan, it is written. What's written about you? You got to know what's written about you. Amen. You got, you have to. Amen. Besides a little stuff like, you know, I'm a queen and I'm this and, you know, you, you can't wear your crown to the battlefield. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Not if you're going to fight, which, you know, you leave your good wig at home. Where the one that you can get muddy, 
Put your do-rag on. Amen. If you got a good partial in the front, take that out. You don't want that busted up. You see what I'm saying? So he's, you, know, you can't go pretty to the battle. You understand what I'm saying? This ain't for this ain't time for the queen stuff. It's time for the, you know, to show us take them fake nails off too. Pick them off. You know, get the kind you can pull off or, or clip them down real short. So you know what I'm saying? You just get ready for get ready for battle, amen. Because you're gonna have to fight, and so so and you're gonna have to fight for yourself and for the things that are important to you. You're not just fighting for God. You're fighting. To keep the enemy off of your things, to keep possessions in in your possession, amen, to keep yourself healthy, to keep yourself strong, to keep yourself wise in the things of God, keep provision in your household, all of that. You have to fight to hold on to that. The devil will take it in a minute. You see what he did to Jesus. That's Jesus he was messing with. What do you think he's going to do with us? Amen. And so we we have to understand who we are. We have to walk in our uh, knowledge. I would say more than walking in authority, walk in a consciousness of who you really are. Walk in an awareness of who you are and what you have and who's backing you, who's for you. You won't have to worry about what people say and they don't like you. And, you know, you don't like yourself sometimes. Admit it. You understand what I'm saying? But, you know, that ain't new. You know. Mama said that, you know, mama said people ain't going to like you, I'm sure. She prepped you for the world. (laughs) So the Bible says instead of trying to make people like you, let your ways please God. Treat people the way God says to treat them. He'll start showing you how to win people over and how to stay peaceful with people if if. You get off people. If if that quit, if you can ever let that stop being so important to you, let's say it again. If you can ever let what people think about you quit being so important to you, amen, then you can make it. You'll make it with God because you sacrifice that in order to be pleasing to God. God, what do I do? The first thing he'll do, quit being mad at him. Amen. Quit being angry at them. Forgive them. And then I'll show you what to do after you forgive. Now, where people mess up is they never forgive and then they try to make nice to people. And God God will expose you because you're being fake. Amen. You're being disobedient. So you got in your heart. Get your heart right before God toward people. And from there, you can know how to treat people. You can't. Treat people right with junk on the inside and faking it. You need to want to not fake it anymore and just be honest. And when I say honest, I don't mean go telling people off, giving PCO mind. They've been living very well without a PCO mind. Amen. Keep giving, giving away your mind. Pretty soon you won't have much left for you. Amen. You need your mind. Amen. Put that away. And you'll start learning how easy it is to live peacefully if you learn to forgive. And from there, you can start extending love to people. Amen. That comes first. That was the first empowerment of the Holy Spirit Jesus gave the disciples 
when he was raised from the dead was forgiveness. Not go love people. Let's say it again. He said forgive people, not go try to love people. Because you can't love them with junk in your heart. Amen. It's too crowded in there. So you got to empty yourself out of that. Amen. And really, that's one of the benefits of fasting. Is to empty you of the things that don't edify. Things that don't like. Things that are not compatible with God's spirit. You can get rid of a bad temper. Uh, a grudge-holding spirit, belittling spirit, critical spirit. You can get rid of all of that if you turn that plate down and ask God to help you get rid of that. Amen? And oftentimes it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much in the realm of fasting at all. Amen? So it says here uh, in verse 14 in Luke chapter 4, it says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. That's why you fast. Is for power. It's to give you greater level of spiritual power. Well, that was Jesus. Yeah, but he he's in human flesh, folks. This human flesh, this human flesh puts a limitation on us. Amen. The Bible says that that we groan in the spirit longing for our immortal body. You know, people don't pay much attention to stuff like that. You know, when it's a lot of times, you know, we'll have loved ones who just depart and go to be with the Lord. And it's because since the day you come into this world, you're groaning to get out of this contraption that we live in. You ever said to yourself, I'd be glad when I don't have to worry about how much I eat and exercise and Stuff getting the sinking to the floor. The older I get, the closer to the floor I get because everything that used to be high is low now. Amen. It, that's, that's you groaning to get out of this mortal body. Why? Cause you know you got another one waiting for you. That's immortal. You can't wait to jump in it. And we sense that. Huh? We sense that. You know, I, I was uh, doing a, 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 a graveside service, and God showed me that. I told the Lord, I said, well, Lord, what do I say to the people? He said, you let them know that she got her desire. She's been groaning to get out of that body ever since she was born. He said, tell everybody there they are too. And I got another body waiting for them. As soon as they exit that one, they got a fresh one waiting that won't wear out. Don't have problems. Don't have to get on a treadmill to make it look right. Huh? No plastic surgery. You didn't have to say that to Christians at one time. You know, we weren't trying to fool nobody. Now everybody trying to. I'm thinking to myself, don't you believe you've got another body waiting for you somewhere? This is. If you're a preacher and you think people come to your meetings because of how you look, you're missing something. You're missing a little bit. Now, I understand people don't want it. You don't want to look a certain way. But how far are you going to take that? How far are you going to take that? Yeah, I was looking at Dodie Osteen. She, you, you, all you can say is she looks good for, what, is she 90 now? I say she looked good for 90. And if she hadn't stuck with that word, she wouldn't be here now. 
Amen. And the word has kept her. And she's here as a vessel for God until it's time for her to step over. You got me? What more can you say? Amen. But yeah, every time you say to yourself, well, I'd be glad when I wish I didn't have to, you know, be constricted, restricted or, you know, women, you know, we go somewhere, you got to put on a garment or whatever you want to call it. And bond, <laughs> strap yourself down so you don't ooze all over your clothes, all that kind of crazy stuff. And you can't wait to get home and get it off. Well, this is that way with your mortal body. This outer man is perishing. Inner man's being renewed. So inner man wants to get out and get his new stuff on. That's all I can tell you. So amen. Amen. It's just that way. And I'm not encouraging no crazy behavior. I'm just telling you the way it is. You know, how could you believe for heaven if you don't believe you get there in a better condition than you are now? Amen. And so, so anyway, uh, but Jesus came out. He returned in the power of the spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. Now, he didn't have such a thing go on before he was tempted in the wilderness and went through that fast and was empowered by his father. Amen. And he was anointed. With the Holy Spirit, you see that a little further down where he talks in in, in uh, verse 18. The power of God came on him after fasting and he was anointed to preach the gospel. It didn't happen when he was baptized. A lot of people think, he, he, oh, he got baptized in the spirit. No, he, he got sanctioned. His His obedience to God was known. It was known that he obeyed the Father when he got baptized by John. Amen. He submitted himself to to whoever held the baton. At that time, John held the baton. Jesus didn't hold it. Amen. When John was beheaded, then Jesus picked up the baton. Remember, before he he was beheaded, John said, I must decrease so that he can. So he passed the baton to Jesus. Amen. Not knowing, you know, he didn't know how it was going to happen, but he just knew he and Jesus couldn't roll at the same time. One priesthood was ending and another was beginning. Amen. So Jesus and his disciples picked up John's ministry and improved on it. John did water baptism. Amen. Jesus never baptized with water, but his disciples did, the Bible says. So there was a continuity there. There wasn't like somebody coming in and say, all that old stuff y'all used to believe, that ain't no good. It wasn't like that. It was a smooth transition. And there was a continuity between Jesus and John. But Jesus specifically baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. Amen. Amen. That was after his resurrection. You got me? All right. So, yeah, so stay with me on this, y'all. Stay with me on this. But John really was the end of the Levitical priesthood. It ended with him and Zacharias, so whoever ministered, the last priest that ministered uh, when Jesus went to the cross. That was the last Passover. 
because the temple was destroyed. So he couldn't do anything. And so John ended that and, and but transitioned into a new dispensation. And that is the return of Melchizedek through Jesus Christ. You got me? Yeah, see the priesthood, it's it's a regular it's to minister to the people, it's to teach the people, it's to bring people knowledge of God. That's what the priesthood is for. And you see Melchizedek with Abram back in the book of Genesis. He makes one appearance. And after that, he steps aside for, what, two, three thousand years? I forget. Yeah. Um, And then he shows up again to remain forever. Amen. So Jesus is Melchizedek. Amen. So he brings in a, a eternal priesthood, one that won't fade out, one that isn't weak. The Levitical was weak because it had to be carried out through the flesh and sacrifices had to be given over and over and over again. Melchizedek, one sacrifice once for all time. Amen. And he remains. Amen. So Jesus waited patiently all those centuries till he could come and claim us forever that's why you can get a lot of patience when you rely on god get the patience of jesus to wait and see us mess up destroy ourselves almost and beg for mercy and you still come back and claim us amen that's love folks give his life for us and he gave his life for real. I mean, it actually happened. It's not a, just a story or a fairy tale. But he actually took on human flesh and gave that up in a very brutal manner so that we could be saved. So, you know, it's no light thing with him at all. So anyway, Jesus comes back in the power of the Spirit. He starts... um And he says in verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. This is the end result of fasting. It's power, it's anointing, and it's ability to serve God in in the grace that he gives you with that measure that you have. Now, we know Jesus had the spirit without measure. He wasn't limited. He was only limited to what the father told him to do at the time. But the Holy Spirit came upon him without measure. He could translate himself. If people felt like they wanted to kill him that day, he said, no, ain't my time. I'm out of here. And he just disappeared. Next thing they knew, he was someplace else. Amen. He transferred that ability onto his disciples. At times, they would disappear and reappear. Remember Philip that showed up with and, and translated the book of Isaiah for the Ethiopian eunuch? Amen. He just showed up before they knew it. He's right back where he was supposed to be. And so those are measures of the spirit we have. But Jesus had the spirit without measure. He walked on water. Amen. And you see he could delegate that to other people because Peter did it for a while. And so these are our empowerments that the Holy Spirit can rest upon us and enable us to do. These things come through fasting. Amen. When the disciples weren't able to cast out the devil out of that little boy, it kept tormenting that kid, throwing him in the fire, you know, and that, 
you know, and you're supposed to be empowered by God to help people and you this little kid's being destroyed in front of your eyes, you know. And so Jesus later on told them they went aside with him privately and asked, why could we not do that? Jesus did it so effortlessly. And he said, this one only comes out by prayer and fasting. That means unbelief. That don't mean you go home and fast while that devil's killing that kid and then come back and cast him out. He said, because of your unbelief. So fasting really gets rid of unbelief. It helps you to believe the word of God. Helps you to believe for miracles. Amen. Helps you to believe. And so uh, when he came back in the power of the spirit, he was fully equipped to do everything God the Father told him to do. And he says, he says, he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, set at liberty them that are bruised, and preach the acceptable. Now is the time that this is going to happen. It's not he's going to do it someday. Or God, God told me to tell you, he going to heal you. No, he didn't. You liar. He told you I'm already healed if he told you anything about me in healing. You understand what I'm saying? And so we, we need to understand that God has already done these things. When Jesus said it's the acceptable year of the Lord, that means you can get this anytime you want to. Amen. And he said about doing things like that. And anybody who came up to him and wanted it right then got it right then. Amen. And so this is this is this is how the anointing operates and increases through fasting. Amen. It increases through fasting. Uh, It is fasting prophetically says I am letting go of everything I need to let go of so that I can attain more of you, Lord. That's what it says. I want more of you. And to show you I'm serious, I am letting go of anything else that I might desire. I'm desiring my flesh. I'm not letting, I'm not going shopping. No, you fast in one hand, then you get on the internet and just look at Timu all day long, you know, or Amazon all day long. You understand what I'm saying? Get your eyeballs on your scriptures. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Amen. Begin to pray in tongues. Get some chapters. Pull some chapters out that you've been planning to read and just quit reading. You know, just shut your Bible because you run out of time. You know, this is where you got all the time in the world to do it. Amen. You're saying to yourself, I'm paying attention to God and not to me. God, I'm giving you my full attention and not myself. I'm not interested in self except for improving myself in the realm of the spirit. This is not to seek God's attention and and get, you know, a pat on the back and say, oh, didn't you do good? You have your reward. What did Jesus tell the Pharisees about fasting? He said, don't go and get them big clothes and put them on and sit up and make your face look all sour and ugly. He said, don't appear to men to fast. In other words, he said, he said, anoint yourself. In other words, go take a bath, shave, put it, look good. 
while you're fasting. Don't try to look like you're hungry. Don't try to look like you're sorrowful. Don't 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 let he said because you have your reward if you do all that. And, you know, and I see people, they still pray for me. I'm on consecration. You pray for yourself. You shouldn't need me to pray for you if you're fasting. Now you got your reward. You told everybody what you're doing. Jesus said to do it in secret. God who sees in secret will reward you with the power to cast out devils, the power to lay hands on the sick, the power to preach a word that will turn people from from sin to to righteousness. Amen. It'll do all of that. So so we've got to understand what we're doing when we do it so that we will get maximum benefit out of what we do. In Isaiah 58, turn there very quickly. God says, this is the fast that I have chosen to break yokes. Amen. Amen. Verse 6. Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. So this is done through what you do toward people. You got me? This is done through what you do toward people. It works through you, but it, it the effect is that you can cast out devils when you don't eat so much and get yourself full of the word of God. Amen. You can preach and deliver them from heavy burdens and yokes like that little boy that was oppressed by the devil. Disciples couldn't cast him out, but Jesus could. And so he this is the 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 uh, the result of fasting. And to be honest with you, Jesus had just come down from fasting. He had been on the mountain of transfiguration with his disciples, I think, for three days. And so he was revved up and ready. You know, he was definitely empowered to to cast that devil out of him. And it says, in, and it's not to deal your bread to the hungry, that you bring the poor that are cast out to your house. When you see the naked, that you cover him. Did you hide not yourself from your own flesh? Then your light shall break forth as the morning and your health shall spring forth speedily. So you fast when your body's infirm and sick. You know, that's almost an automatic thing. You ever been sick with something and you don't feel like eating? You're fasting. That thing will leave you very quickly. Amen. You know, don't force yourself. Just allow your body to rest from excess activity and and drive that thing out of you. So it becomes almost an automatic thing in, in the case of some sicknesses. Amen. It says here, and, and he says, then your light will spring forth. After you fast it, you get more glorious. You get more of God. You're healthier. Your health will spring forth. You don't have to be sick. If you're willing to fast and get in the word, you can drive any sickness out of your body. Amen. And 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 don't forget the poor. Do kind things for people. Don't just ignore people forever. Amen. Always have something in your closet you can take to goodwill. Always have something on your shelf you can pack up a box and take there. Find out if your neighbors, you know, somebody is 
you know, might have gotten laid off or, you know, make a meal for somebody, somebody in your neighborhood. If you know your neighbors, you know, nowadays people don't know too many people anymore. But, you know, people in your church, you know, people, you know, people at work. And so you can you can uh, offer things and let that be your sacrifice that you do before the Lord. So fasting really is prophetic. It's an action you do in the natural that has great results in the spirit. Amen. We don't think of it as prophetic, but it definitely is because it sends a message to every devil in hell. Amen. That I don't care so much about food. I don't care so much about me. You know, try and tempt me if you want to, but I'm staying on this till I get more from God. And that's what you're doing. You're, you're allowing God to enable you, to impart to you, to strengthen you spiritually, to cleanse out things that shouldn't be there. You'll lose certain appetites. You'll lose certain desires for things. And then you'll come forth as somebody who really knows God and can get get the things of God in their life, you know, and you'll be able to do it a lot more easily. So it's good. I'll I'll continue some more on this next time. So we'll be able to totally talk about fasting and the benefits that you get. So we're going to pray the seed of the righteous prayer. It's a declaration for your children, your grandchildren. Amen. And, and uh, you know, the ones that you know that are, are children of God, you know, kids, your neighbor's kids that, that are saved and serve God. So, Father, we thank you that the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. They shall not beg bread. We thank you that your children are not for sale. And we call an end to human trafficking of children, exploitation of children in the schools. In churches, wherever they are, Father, we call an end to it in Jesus' name. That they will hate sin and the devil. That they'll have your covenant established in their lives. That they will inherit all that we have in God and increase in your glory. They will increase exceedingly. And of the kingdom of God there shall be no end. They will possess the gates of those that hate them. They will choose life that they may live. They will fear and glorify the Lord. They will be blessed, be fruitful, wax exceedingly mighty. Amen. That they will possess the gates of those that hate them. They will fear and glorify you, Lord. They'll be blessed, fruitful, increase abundantly, be multiplied, wax exceeding mighty. They will inherit the earth and be established forever. They'll be mighty upon the earth and be delivered, though hand joined in hand. The devil cannot hold them. They will have the Holy Spirit poured out on them and preach the gospel. They will have the word of God continually in their mouths. And they will, we declare the glory of the latter house will be greater than that of the former house. They will be taught of the Lord. Great shall be their peace. They will be trained in the ways of the Lord. They, when they are old, will not depart from it. They are the heritage of the Lord, and they will be filled with wisdom and have favor with God and with man. And they will honor father and mother that their days may be long on the earth, and it will be well with them. So we thank you for that, Lord. We bless you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen again. Praise God. Why don't we do our declaration? I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. And I don't have whatever else you're fighting in your body, your mind, 
wherever the enemy may be trying to oppress you. And it don't have me. Thank you, Jesus. By your stripes, we are healed. Amen, amen, amen. Again, it is so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah.